You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to Today in Sports Betting for Wednesday, June 22nd. I'm your host, Doug Reed. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. That's R-E-I-D 34. This is Sports Ethos presentation. And if you haven't checked this out already, please go to our website at sportsethos. That's E-T-H-O-S dot com. You can see some of our packages and our information there. I'm part of our wagering group. And for 15 bucks a month, that's right, just $15 a month, you can get access to all our plays, access to our Discord, which is worth the money alone. We get plays dropped in there every night. A lot of chat from our handicappers, a lot of chat from our members, and uh, just a fun group. And you can chat or you can just watch it and not chat, but a lot of information shared in there on a nightly basis across all different sports. It's definitely worth your while. Also, if you're on Twitter, uh, we have a tennis handicapper who's been lights out lately. He's just been fantastic this year. Uh, His name is Fish Fisher. You can find him on Twitter at Fish underscore Fisher, F-I-S-H-E-R. Been doing really well. And if tennis is your game, a little different angle here at Sports Ethos as we grow our brand, check Fish out. We're also expanding our fantasy baseball and fantasy football. And I think that does relate to wagering as well because you get a lot of inside game day insight into these games. So if you're into that, uh, check out Ethos Fantasy BB for baseball and Ethos Fantasy FB for football. Um, Twitter accounts, but also we have fantasy podcasts around both those sports too. Uh, in baseball, you can find our MLB Today podcast, and football, you can find our Fantasy Football Today podcast. And just getting those up and running, baseball's been running all season. Joe Arico, who's running that, is doing a good job. And JP Sticko's doing, I think, about three days a week, but he's ramping up our fantasy football side too. So can't wait for that to get going later in the summer, full time, and into the fall. So before we get going, though, um, do you want to talk about one of our primary partners here at Thrive Fantasy? It's T-H-R-I-V-E Fantasy. Basically a prop game. You can prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or go to thrivefantasy.com. When you get there, so when you sign up, use the code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S. You can get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to $100, plus either two or four free game tickets. Basically, you pick the player props and the biggest names each night. Score points when they hit, and the players with the most points at the end of the night win the nightly prize. Again, that's thrivefantasy.com. So on to the diamond. We have 15 games on the diamond, and game four in the NHL later on the show I'll touch on in a very interesting Stanley Cup uh, so far. But we start in the East in baseball today. Major League 
are going early with a few games. 210 in the East. We have the New York Mets at the Astros. You can get the Mets at plus 120, the Astros at minus 140. Totally are 8.5. You have Carlos Carrasco, the righty on the hill for the Mets. Luis Garcia, the righty on the hill for the Strohs. I didn't touch this game. Uh, I like the Astros straight up, but uh, there's just not a lot of value in any of those numbers. And so stay away from me. The next game, also 210 in the East, is the Jays looking to avoid the sweep against the White Sox on the south side. You've got righty Ross Stripling on the hill for the Jays. You can get them at minus 120. You've got righty Lucas Giolito on the hill for the Sox. You can get them at even plus 100, plus uh, 130 on the Jays' run line. Total here is 9. This is a back-and-forth game that went in extra innings yesterday. The White Sox pulled out after a great starting matchup between Gosman and Cease fell apart after they exited the game. I'm not on this game either. Um, I would lean the Jays, I guess, straight up because Giolito's been struggling a little, but Stripling... Coming out of the pen, he's not probably going, well, not necessarily out of the pen, but he's rotated between long reliever and starter. Probably not long for the game, and then the Jays' bullpen's been a little shaky lately. So uh, this game's a stay. Total of nine. I would probably look to the over there, but stay away from me as well. First game I'm going to be on is uh, four or five in the East. We have Philadelphia, and they're in Texas. You have Phillies starting righty Zach Wheeler against the Rangers' righty John Gray. And they come in. Phil, you can get them minus 140 in the money line. Gray and the Rangers plus 120. Total here is 7.5, so they're expecting a pitcher's duel. You can get the Phillies at minus 120 on the run line. And both these pitchers have been doing fairly well this year. I think Gray's a little overrated. Wheeler comes in with a 1.04 whip, 2.69 ERA, 78 strikeouts in 70 and a third innings. Uh, John Gray, 1.2, respect to 1.2 whip, 4.27 ERA, 63 Ks in 59 innings. So both guys just over a K per inning. Uh, I just like the Phillies' bats a whole lot better than Texas, especially going against Gray. I think Wheeler is turning into, if, if it's not him, it's Nola, but kind of a one-on-one ace on the Phillies. And John Gray, the story with him is he's always pitched way better away from Colorado. He's away from Colorado now, and he's doing all right, but nothing that really uh, overly impresses me. So for me, I'm going to be on the Phillies at minus 140 is the best price that I could find for them. Next game is in San Diego. And we have Arizona there. Arizona starts lefty Madison Baumgartner. You can get them plus 145 in the money line. And the Padres go with righty Mike Clevenger minus 165. Total here is 7.5. Low scoring game expected. You can get the Padres at minus 1.5 in the run line at plus 135. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a low-scoring game because I don't think either of these pitchers are pitching particularly well. Uh, I think it's more low-scoring because of the bats. You've got Baumgartner coming in with a 1.32 whip, 70 in the third innings, only 48 strikeouts. I mean, that's not his MO or his career. 3.45 ERA is decent. Clevenger coming back from Tommy John this year has only pitched 19 innings, 1.26 whip, 22 strikeouts, 19 innings, 3.79 ERA. I like Clevenger better straight up. Uh, Machado's still out of the lineup for the Padres, so I think this is more a call on the weak hitting lineups of both. Once I like the Padres, 165 is a little steep for me to take. I might look at the run line at plus 135 because I think they win, and I think they get the Baumgartner. Uh, I was also looking at the Padres on their team total. Uh, let me just pull up the team totals here. I think... It was a little too steep. So the Padres over four and a half plus 105. I might look at that. That's not too steep for sure. I was hoping it was going to be around four. 
Uh, might look at the Padres to be able to get to uh, Baumgartner. The problem is with Machado in the lineup, that lineup all of a sudden becomes a little thinner. When you look, they've got – so Baumgartner's a lefty. You've got Profar leading off. You've got Jake Cronin, who's a switch hitter. Jake Cronenworth, a lefty, hitting second but doing much better lately. Voigt's a righty. When Jose Alfaro is your cleanup hitter a righty, you know you're not exactly in a strong position. Sung Kim is a righty. Austin Noel, the catcher, is a righty. Trent Grisham is a lefty and been struggling. Jose Azokar is a righty. And C.J. Abrams, the young shortstop, is a lefty. So there lies the problem. Can they get to four-plus runs? I'm not sure. Uh, the regular lineup, absolutely. But with this lineup, I'm not exactly sure. So probably stay away from me here. Next game sees Colorado in Miami again. And you get Colorado behind their righty Chad Cool at plus 170 in the money line. You get Pablo Lopez and Miami, who's he's a righty, at minus 200 on the money line. Total here seven and a half. You can get the fish on the run line at plus 120. I like Miami. I like Lopez, although he hasn't pitched uh, quite as well lately, which is interesting because everybody looks to him as one of their uh, him and Alcantara. I think Alcantara is pitching better, but everybody considers him a close second probably. And the fact of the matter is, over his last few games. So I look at his game log. He lost to the Mets five and a third innings, eight hits, six earned runs, a walk, five strikeouts. The one before that, four and a third against Houston, six hits, two earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Game before that, Giants, seven innings, four hits, four earned runs, two walks, six strikeouts. He shut Colorado down at Colorado over six innings, three hits, no runs, which is very impressive in Colorado, but did about four walks and five strikeouts. And then against the Rays, game before that, seven innings, nine hits, four earned runs, no walks, and eight strikeouts. So he's given up in his last five outings, six earned runs, two earned runs, four earned runs, zero, and four. And even three the game before that against Washington. So he seems to be hitting a little bit of a road bump uh, as we close in on what, 40% of the year has passed. And Chad Cool has been decent uh, this season. So at that number, minus 200. There's no way I can back them. I don't like Colorado on the road. Uh, so not sure there's a play here. There might be some value at the Rockies at plus 170. If they can get to Lopez at all, and Chad Cool can hold the fish in line. Um, but a little too gutsy a play for me. Next game is in Cincinnati where we have the Dodgers continuing their series against the Reds. And you get righty or lefty Tyler Anderson on the hill for Dodgers who are coming at minus 150. Righty Luis Castillo and the Reds at plus 130. Total here is 9.5. So obviously a lot of runs are expected to be scored. And you can get the Dodgers minus at oh, sorry on the run line at minus 105, obviously at plus 105. That might be the play. I like the Dodgers straight up. Anderson's been pitching well, but when I looked into his lines a little more, uh, it's kind of interesting when you see who he's been going against. His numbers are fantastic. He's um, he's eight and out, kind of like uh, same as um, Tony Gonsolin who pitched yesterday. Uh, trying to just pull up his numbers. Yeah, eight and out. 2.82 ERA, 0.94 whip, 67 innings, 63 strikeouts, and 11 walks. He's been doing really well. But when I dug into his numbers a little more, it's interesting the teams he's faced recently. So he shut down the Angels, one earned run over eight and a third. Uh, get, the White Sox got to him, four earned runs over three innings. Shut down the Mets, six innings, uh, three hits, no earned runs. Uh, shut down Arizona, which zero earned runs over six innings. Shut down Washington, zero earned runs over eight innings. Arizona gave up two earned runs over seven innings. And Philly got knocked around a little, giving up uh, seven earned runs over six innings. So, you know, the Angels, Arizona, Washington, and Arizona, he's picked on. 
and not exactly the strongest bats in Major League Baseball. However, you got to do you have to give him the credit. He went against those teams and completely shut them down. So he's pitching well. Cincinnati, I think, is a little bit above them, especially above those bats that I just named. Uh, especially at home when the ball fl- ball flies out in a hot night, which it will be tonight in Cincinnati, hence the nine and a half over. And the Dodgers have been struggling lately. They're barely a 500 team uh, over the last 20 games. So I like them to win. I don't have a lot of faith in Luis Castillo. He's had some good outings, some bad outings, and certainly a trade candidate for the Reds. But I'm not exactly uh, sure I'm going to lay 150 with the Dodgers. Don't really like laying that money or that run line either in Great American Ballpark where anything can happen. So uh, stay away for me. Next game of the night is in Pittsburgh. And we get uh, the Cubs in town. Just trying to find the pitchers here. We, we get the Cubs in town at minus 130. The Pirates, the home Pirates at plus 110. I've got Keegan Thompson on the hill for the Cubs, the righty. I've got Jared Eikhoff on the hill for the Pirates, the righty there. But then I'm also showing Zach Thompson. So uh, I'm going to just try and get refresh, see if that updates at all. Um, but we have a total of nine. So if number of runs expect to be scored, and we've got the Pirates on the run line at minus one. No, sorry, the Cubbies on the run line at plus 130. So I hit the reset, and I still have Eikhoff. So I'm not exactly sure of the pitcher. This game's a stay away from me anyways. I think the Pirates, the Pirates won the first two in this series. Um, but with these, these with Keegan versus Eikhoff or Keegan against Thompson, I, I don't really have a feel which way this game's going either way. Nine runs seems a lot to me. I guess it's indicative of poor pitching, but PNC is not a hitter-friendly park. Neither of these lineups, although Pittsburgh's uh, hit well in the last few games, uh, but such a small sample list. I would maybe lean to the under at minus 105. Next game of the night, at 7.05 in Baltimore, I am on. You have the Nationals and Patrick Corbin at plus 130, their last game of the money line, and Tyler Wells uh, and the Orioles, they're ready at minus 150. Total here is nine, so some runs expected to be scored, and you can get the O's at plus 135 on the run line. And what I'm on here is I'm on the first five over. Um, I see it over five at plus 100, over four and a half, about minus 118. So Camden Yards has become more of a pitcher-friendly park since they moved the fences back, but the O's have been hitting lately, and this season I've been on the – Fade the Patrick Corbin train if you've been listening to my show or following me on our wager pass. So uh, I'm actually considering the over five plus 100. And then I'm also on the Orioles team total. I got over five at, sorry, over four and a half and minus 115. And that's purely just a call against Patrick Corbin. You know, he has been brutal this year, to say the least. His numbers, uh, when I pull them up, 3-9 in the season, 69.2 innings pitched. Over that time, a 6.59 ERA, 1.78 whip, 57 strikeouts, and 27 walks. He's on a big contract. The Nats have to pitch him. they got nobody else. They're not contending this year, so they're just throwing him out there, and they're letting him go. Uh, last game against Philly, well, only went three and a third. Eight hits, nine runs, two earned, uh, a walk, two strikeouts. Six innings against two games before that, all the two or three all the uh, games before that, all enough. He won six innings against Milwaukee, seven hits, four earned runs. Six innings against Cincinnati at Cincinnati, uh, nine hits, three earned runs. Lost to the Mets, four and a third, 12 hits, seven earned runs. Colorado, six and a third, seven hits, three earned runs. 
Milwaukee, five innings, eight hits, five earned runs. Houston, six innings, six hits, five earned runs. So he's given up, not as far as runs in a game, nine, four, three, seven, three, five, and five in his last seven outings. Not going well for Mr. Corbin. Now, Baltimore obviously is not a juggernaut of an offense, but they have been hitting uh, a little better lately. And Tyler Wells has been pitching decent. 59 and two-thirds innings this year. His record's 4-4, four four, 1.07 whip, 3.62 ERA, 36 strikeouts. So not getting – he's pitching to contact, and so far he's had some success at that. Um, and Washington's got a decent lineup. Uh, if all if all their um, – players are there, which everybody's in the lineup. So he's a righty. He's going against Cesar Hernandez, a switch hitter. Soto's a lefty. Bell's a switch hitter. Nelson Cruz is a righty. Luis Garcia is a lefty. And Kevin Ruiz, a switch hitter. Yadiel Hernandez is a lefty. Franco, a righty. And Lane Thomas, a righty. So I think they can put up some runs, and I'm pretty confident the O's can put up some runs against Patrick Corbin. Hence, I'm over on the over five and for the total first five, and then I'm over four and a half for the Baltimore um, team total as well, because I think they get to Corbin, as most teams seem to be doing. Okay, we'll take a quick break, and when we get back, we will run through the rest of tonight's card in the MLB before hitting in the Stanley Cup. All right, next game of the night sees the Yankees against Tampa Bay. Jordan Montgomery on the hill, lefty for the Yanks. You can get them minus 150. And young Shane Boss, a righty on the hill for the Rays at plus 130. Total here is seven, so pitchers still expected. And you can get the Yankees on the run line at plus 115. I actually like the Yankees, just can't lay 150. Shane Boz is a very good young pitcher, uh, but he's going against the Yankees lineup. And I think anybody's going to struggle. Obviously, anybody's going to struggle. So uh, I just can't. And I don't really want to lay the Yankees uh, run line either here, even though it's a plus money, plus 115. I'm not going to bank. Uh, on Boz going out and shutting down the Yankees. Not going to bank on anybody doing that. Even a good young pitcher, they haven't seen before. But Montgomery's been pitching well himself. So should be an interesting game. I, the, the number's a little too low for me. A total of seven involving the Yankees. Hard to ever bank that because you know they can put up four or five runs easily. Montgomery in the year, 72 and two-thirds innings. Uh, 0.95 whip. 2.72 ERA. Just 11 walks, but 56 strikeouts. So not striking out a lot of guys. But um, not walking a lot either. Boz only has eight in the third innings, uh, nine strikeouts, .96 with 5.4 ERA. So kind of irrelevant on a small sample size. But he's but he's a good prospect. Just can't go against the Yanks and don't want to back a young rookie against them. Next game is in Atlanta. We see Carlos Rodon for the Giants, uh, the lefty on the hill. And you can get them on the money line at plus 120. You can get Charlie Morton, the righty, and the Braves at minus 140. Total here is nine. Braves run line plus 155. I'm actually inclined to back the Braves. Rodon has pitched decent in his last few outings. Uh, but a lot of his success has come against the weaker teams. And the Braves uh, are just hitting well. The problem is the Braves don't um, – like, I guess they're all right against lefties. They do all um, – so far – to date this season, they've been decent against lefties, and they're in such a hot streak now. I mean, I think they can put up a lot of runs. Total here is nine, which is odd when you look at Rodon and, and Morton, two decent, what are perceived to be decent pitchers. Uh, but yesterday's game ended up Giants 12, Braves 10. And you want to hear a bad call. I was on the game total under nine. Talk about a – that's not even a bad beat. That's just the definition of a terrible call. Total under nine, and both teams got there individually. Giants scored 12, Braves scored 10. Hope you didn't tail me on that one. 
so I'm not on this game. I lean the Braves. Minus 140 is a little pricey for me. Um, run line plus 155, probably some value there. But I'm not sure that they're going to be able to exploit Rodon all that much, although I do think they can get a few runs off him. Next game, which I think will be an interesting pitching matchup in Minnesota. You have young ready Tristan McKenzie on the hill, plus 140 for the Guardian, Cleveland Guardians. And you've got veteran Sonny Gray, the righty, on the hill for the Twins at minus 160. Total here, 8.5. You can get the Twins in the run line, plus 135. I like the Twins. I like them to win. Um, Gray's been pitching well, and the Twins' bats have been have uh, come alive in the last month, but not at 160, minus 160. And McKenzie's pitched really well. So my fear in laying that much money is or that much juice is that he can – he can shut. He can have a good game and shut the Twins down. So, seventy innings pitched this year. McKenzie point nine three WHIP, two point nine six ERA, sixty one strikeouts, nineteen walks. So a few too many. He's controlling his walks better. That was always a problem in the past. Is uh, he can throw some heat, but he'd be walking guys and then he'd throw uh, throw one down the middle and give up the long ball, and all of a sudden he'd be giving up three or four runs a game. He hasn't been doing that so much this year. Uh, but not striking out as many guys either. The flip side is Gray on 38 and two-thirds innings, 0.93 whip, so the exact same whip, 2.09 ERA, uh, 10 walks and 42 strikeouts. So he has been missing a few more bats. Again, I like Gray, eight and a half of anything. I might look to the under in this game. Uh, when I pull up the first five, uh, four and a half is a number. Might look under four and a half as well. So I think both these guys uh, could do a good job. Uh, on the hill, and I think I was looking at the um, no runs first inning. That's probably the one bet that I need to be on. I found it at minus 105. So two good pitchers going against two good lineups for sure, um, but not elite level lineups. So I think I'm going to be on the no runs first inning in this game at minus 105. Next game at 810 in the East, we see the Cardinals continue their series against their rivals from Milwaukee. You get righty, sorry, lefty Eric Lauer on the hill for, no, let's start with the cards. My apologies. You get righty Adam Wainwright on the hill, and they come in as minus 105 underdogs. You get the home brewers, Eric Lauer, they're lefty on the hill, minus 115. Total here is nine. And you can get the brewers at plus 170 on the run line. Now, both these pitchers have been struggling lately. Uh, Their numbers on the season don't look bad. Wainwright, 79 in the third innings. 3.06 3.06 ERA, 1.24 whip, 60 strikeouts. Lauer comes in 68 innings, 3.57 ERA, 1.19 whip uh, with 72 strikeouts. So he's missing a few more bats. But when you pull up their game logs, they've been struggling uh, a little bit lately, more so Lauer. He came out and he uh, started here in, in the pen that got moved to rotation and has been doing quite well, was doing quite well, but seems to have slowed down a little lately. Lauer in his last... Um, Last few games, six in the third against Cincinnati, six hits, four earned runs, five innings against Washington, seven hits, eight earned runs, six innings against the Padres, uh, six hits, three earned runs. So he's been giving up a few more hits and a few more runs. The flip side is Wainwright's kind of been doing the same, just not as badly. So against Boston, six in the, for Wainwright, six in the third innings on June 17th, seven hits, four earned runs against Cincinnati, uh, seven innings, eight hits, three earned runs against the Cubbies in Chicago. In early June, seven innings, nine hit, two earned runs. So he's given up more contact. Still striking out a fair bit of batters, um, but hasn't been pitching as well as he was earlier. So both guys, and that's probably why we're seeing a total of nine here in Milwaukee. Um, neither lineup 
sorry, the Brewers lineup hasn't been crushing it, but they've woken up in the last week or so, and the Cards are doing Cards things. Although I think Goldschmidt's probably still out with a bad back, so that definitely hurts them. Not really sure which way to go. Kind of stay away line for me. If anything, I would actually go to the Cards. At minus 105, uh, I would probably take the Cardinals as the short uh, underdog here. I just think Wainwright's pitching a little better than Lauer, uh, but the Brewers lineup has woken up lately, so um, stay away game for me. Next game, we see... Uh, now, you know what? I'm scrolling back up, and I just realized I missed one of the games that I am on. I apologize for that. We have the Detroit 710. These Detroit Tigers are in Boston to face the Red Sox. And you get uh, young lefty Tariq Skubal on the hill for the Tigers. They are plus 115. And you get ready Michael Waka on the hill for the Red Sox, minus 135. Total here is eight. You can get the Red Sox run line at plus 150. And what I'm on here is I'm on Boston money line, so it's at what did I say minus 135. I'm on that. I just think they're a better hitting team. I know Scoobles pitched well, uh, but the Tigers are a terrible hitting team, especially against righties, which Waka is. And then I'm also on the Boston team total. I see over four and a half at plus 110, and over four at minus 110. Probably leaning to the over four and a half at plus 110. Uh, Scuba comes in 74 and two-thirds innings, 3.13 RA, 1.08 whip, 79 strikeouts. Been doing really well. Uh, but Waka seems to be reborn this year in Boston. 59 and a third innings, 2.28 DRA, 1.03 whip, and just 41 strikeouts. So pitching a little more to contact uh, than Scuba has been. Um, but still pitching well and managing the games very well. Now, when I pull up their game logs of recent, and this is why really I'm on Boston even more is because Scoobal's been hit hard in the last, hit around a little bit in the last few games. So June 17th against Texas, five innings, eight hits, five earned runs, two walks. Uh, June 12th against Toronto, four innings, seven hits, four earned runs, two walks. Pittsburgh, seven innings, six hits, three earned runs. Uh, Minnesota, he held in check, seven innings, two hits, no earned runs. But then Cleveland uh, in late May, seven innings, five hits, three earned runs. So in four of his last five starts, he's given up three earned runs or more. He's also given up a home run in three straight three straight games. Uh, the Red Sox in Boston against the lefty. It's always a good formula to back the Sox uh, at home. Obviously, they've been playing really well. They've jumped the Rays. They're now in third, chasing the Jays down for second in the AL East. And the Tigers are scuffling. So I like Boston to win, and I like them to be able to get the scuba for uh, over four runs. So those are the plays that I'm on there. Back down to the second last game of the night at 940 in the East, we have the Seattle Mariners uh, and the Oakland A's, which could actually be an oddly interesting pitcher's duel, as much as he never thought I'd say that. We have young ready George Kirby on the bump for the Mariners, and they're minus 135 as the favorites. And Paul Blackburn, the righty at home, plus 115. Total here is seven, so not a lot of runs to be scored. You can get the M's on the run line at plus 135. Now, what's interesting and why I said this could be a pitcher's duel, when you look at these guys' numbers, especially Blackburn, um, they've been very good this year. Kirby, young pitcher, still a little inconsistent, not sure what you're going to get. 43 innings pitched, 41 strikeouts, 1.14 whip. Very impressive. 3.56 ERA is definitely respectable. Blackburn, on the other hand, he's 6-2. I think the A's only have 24, 25 wins, so he's basically got a quarter of their wins. 6-2, 71 and two-thirds innings, 1.07 whip. 2.26 2.26 ERA, only 51 strikeouts. So he's pitching in contact, which you can get away with uh, when you are in uh, in Oakland. 
And, you know, when I flipped this game, I'm on the M's. I'm on everybody against Oakland. Their offense is just so bad. But not really sure I can go against Blackburn here. You know, the M's at minus 135. I don't want to back the, uh, the Athletics at plus 115. They're scoring two or three runs a game. Yeah, I can't back anybody, even getting plus money behind Blackburn. I think he's pitching well. I don't think he's going to pitch to a 1.07 whip or a 2.26 ERA the rest of the way. Uh, but I don't know that Oakland lights him up, although they lit up uh, Oakland. They lit up Oakland pitching yesterday. I don't know that Seattle lights him up, uh, I meant to say. So not really on this game. I would lean the M's. Minus 135 is a little steep. Well, last game of the night uh, should be an interesting game from pitching perspective as well. Daniel Lynch, the young lefty for the Kansas City Royals is on the hill against the LA Angels with their ace, Shohei Otani. Uh, fresh off a big three-run home run to tie the game in the ninth inning yesterday. You get Lynch and the Royals at plus 200, Otani and the Angels at minus 240. Total here is eight. You can get the Angels at minus 120 on the run line. So, Vegas obviously the books obviously think that this is an easy win for LA. And when you look quickly at the stats, why not? Daniel Lynch, 59 innings, 1.53 whip. Ouch. 5.19 ERA. Double ouch. 60 strikeouts. So he's striking out some guys, but 59 walks, which is not very good. Otani on the flip side is doing his Otani things. 16 to third innings, 1.09 ERA, 3.28 whip, 77 strikeouts and 15 walks. So Definitely on the Angels here. Can't lay 240, and I'm not going to take a run line at minus 120. The fact of the matter is the Angels just are not hitting all that well either. You know, they, they've been against – they woke up – it seemed they woke up a couple weeks ago, but that was against pretty weak competition. And, yes, the Angels are weak competition. But they also don't hit that well against lefties. So I looked this up. The Angels against lefties, their batting average is 233, 23rd in the league. Their on-base percentage is 302, 25th in the league. And their slugging is 365, 26th in the league. Now, um, overall, they're a little bit better than that, especially their slugging. I think their slugging in the year is about 401, which puts them in the top 12 in the league. Um, so they're just not hitting well against lefties. The Angels aren't. Otani's a lefty, obviously, although that doesn't really seem to face him. So when you're, one of your big bats is uh, um, going against lefty, could be a challenge. I don't think Lynch is long for this game, so they get to the pens. So the lefty-righty matchup might not really matter. Um, but I just can't back Lynch. You know, at first I thought, oh, lefty going against the Angels, maybe there's some value, but I don't think there's a plus 200. That's a huge number with Otani on the hill, the way he's been pitching, the way Casey's been hitting. Uh, it should be an easy win. So can't lay the minus 240 and don't want to lay the juice to minus 120 in the run line. So off that game. So that wraps up the MLB card. We move to the ice in the NHL. Game four of the Stanley Cup. So Colorado won the first two games in at home. And went back into Tampa and got spanked 6-2 by the Lightning in Game 3. So it's a 2-1 Colorado lead heading to Tampa or in Tampa for Game 4. And every, I've seen this line. It's basically a pick em. Uh The Avs minus 110, the money line, the Lightning minus 110. I've seen the Avs as good as minus 103. Uh, and I've seen Tampa as good as minus 104. So shop around a little. Uh, I think I'm going to be in the Avs tonight. I think they bounce back. Total here is 6. It's gone over every game. But it's actually up to plus – when I see plus 105, so you can get plus money on the six. I think people are thinking this game, this series is going to settle down. Colorado won 7 nothing in the second game. Tampa Bay won 6-2. These two teams are much more evenly matched than that, so probably a close game, potential low scoring. But I don't know. All three games have went over the total so far. You can get the Avs on the puck lines. That means they got to win by two goals or more, plus 210. Um 
definitely some value there. And if you're thinking the Avs are going to win, as I've said before, if they get up, if they're up by a couple goals in the third, uh, there's a good chance Tampa's pulling their goalie early with like three or four minutes left, which uh, leads to more opportunity to put the puck in the net, empty net uh, goals. So in the playoffs, you tend to have the puck line come into play a little more often, I find. Not going to be on that. Don't I think the Avs win tonight, but if if they do, it's probably going to be a one-goal game, one goal game, overtime game, that kind of thing. So probably backing the Avs if I can get them around. I think the best I said was minus 103. And not going to touch the total. Though I do, I would do, I would lean to the over, um, but going to be a stay away from me. So, 15 games in the diamond. Hopefully, you found something to lean, something you like. A couple of no no runs in the first inning in that Cleveland Minnesota game. Some team totals, uh, some game totals, and some sides. And should be a great Stanley Cup game four if you're a hockey fan. And like I said at the start, you got to check out Fish Fisher. At fish underscore Fisher, F-I-S-H-E-R. This guy is rocking in tennis here at Sports Ethos. Uh, get him, get our wager pass. You can get all Fish's plays in there. He's in our Discord all the time as well. Great dude and knows his tennis. And it's just, you know what, as basically we head into the summer, there's a few games left in the NHL, and then you've got base, Major League Baseball and, I guess, WNBA. Uh, not a lot more going on. If you're a fantasy player, sure, there's a lot of chit-chat about football. There's a lot of baseball talk, obviously. But if you're looking for a sport other than baseball or in addition to baseball throughout the summer, why not jump on tennis? Uh, it's a fun sport. Tournaments pretty much every weekend. And Fish is your guy. Check him out. Fish underscore Fisher on Twitter. Get in our wager pass. 15 bucks a month. You can get all his plays. You can interact with him in our Discord. Well worth your money. So hopefully you enjoy the games tonight and this afternoon. If you're watching this afternoon, a little hockey action. And I'm going to be waiting for Fish's plays in the Aussie Open net for tomorrow. Uh, I usually put some out in the evening, so I'm going to be looking forward to some of those. Made some money on a little uh, fun parlay for, with a couple of his plays in my foray into tennis today. So I'm going to be trying to do that again tomorrow. So everybody have a great night. Hope you make some money, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Tomorrow.